Match day three, Atletico Ottawa one, Valor FC six. We're going to talk about, you know what? We're just going to try and answer one question. Excuse me, what the fuck? And welcome to ATO After the Whistle, the weekly podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. I'm Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with my boy Patrick Dornan every Tuesday, all season long, dishing out reactions, analysis, and maybe even a few hot takes every now and then. Patrick, I have one question to start off. Excuse me, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolute dumpster fire of a game on Sunday. Jesus age Christ. <sighs> yeah, it's, it, was, uh, it was hard to watch, I'm sure. It was hard to watch on TV, but let me tell you, it was it was real, real depressing to watch in person. And but you know what? And I know there was there's some Twitter backlash about this in the in the ensuing hours after the game. But uh, watching from home, you would wouldn't even be able to tell that everyone in the dub was depressed. They didn't they didn't shut up the whole ninety minutes, and that's what you love to see. Yeah, most 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 definitely. Um, the dub is what it is. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, um, we'll you, about, you, we'll you talk can't about the positives later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't beat the energy. Um, Johnny Johnny and I both have a beer for this podcast. That's yes. not our usual gig but we figured you know when in Rome at this point yeah it'll help um yeah so uh what are your uh, what are your overall thoughts on how the boys produced or didn't on Sunday so yeah ov- overall game thoughts I mean we'll, we'll get into more sort of stats wise la- later it's just it's really hard to sort of qu- quantify and like explain a result like this and, you know, a lot of a lot of clubs go through them. I mean, year one, Valor went through this. They, I believe they lost eight nil at home uh, against Calvary. Um, I think Halifax went through something like this. They lost six two, I believe, to York. I don't know if that was at home or away. Probably away. Maybe it was at home. I don't know. But either way, like you know, a blowout can happen sometimes, and there's a lot of questions. And then you start thinking about it, and you're one, and and it's are these questions easily answered? Was this a fluke result? And I mean, like we said, we'll get to the stats late, later, but you know, it's really hard to uh, it's, it's hard to accept a six-one <laughs> and try and find a logical explanation for it. You know, yeah, you especially can, after how how well we played in the first two games. Yeah, uh, it's a yeah. it's a bit of a mystery. Um, <clears throat> off the top, I'm going to talk about the thing that I think is on everyone's mind, and it's all over uh, Twitter and Instagram and like any social media for CPL right now. Mm. And I'm not going to spend the whole, I don't think we should spend the whole episode talking about it, but we have to address the elephant in the room, I think in this case, and that is the officiating in the CPL. Yeah. Let's <laughs> Let's get that out of the way off the top. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to seem bitchy about it, but I also, we need, we need, it needs to be addressed and, you know, mm. we can, we can, we can talk about it in, you know, a, a constructive real way without, um, without seeming like we're whining about it. So yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, having seen the entire game, I, I, I'm just flabbergasted every time we get a, a, a game like that where it's pretty clear that the referee that they brought in for the game was not prepared to, to referee the game, basically. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know how else, how else to say it. I mean, the, no. the penalty really 
that was the first goal and it, it took the wind out of our sails. And I mean, when you watched it on replay, um, I think everybody at home with their beer in hand could yeah. tell that that wasn't a penalty kick. It's and not, still, I mean, it's, it's, not a, it it's, it's not a pen. I mean, at first no. I thought it was a dive. You, you, if you look closer, you know, there probably is a clip of the foot from. It's Sudoku, a bit of a dive. I'm going to say it's, it's, it's a, a bit, bit. It is a bit of a dive. dive. There, there's yeah. a clip and then a bit of a dive. But even if it wasn't a dive, the clip starts outside the box. So regardless, yeah. it's not a penalty either way. So. Early pen, you know, scenes of last season. Mm. Um, we can, and that's another thing too, is that we can say all we want. You know, it took the wind out of our sails, and it did. And I would like to say that the next six goals we conceded were a direct result of that. <laughs> it was only it was only five after that. Thank <laughs> so you. Very the next much, five, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would love to blame the whole result on the early pen. I do I do yeah. think that it sort of fucked us for a while for for the in the minutes coming after that uh, after the decision. You know, the people that were there last season definitely had some some PTSD flashbacks. The people that weren't, you know, maybe have seen it on TV and they're like, what do we do now? But yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's I think it's just frustrating across the league. Like if you're talking about yeah. expanding the CPL and making it a legitimate football league in Canada and mm. growing the sport and bringing more teams in like you can't have referees of that low caliber refereeing a game. And I'm not, again, you know, I don't, I don't want to say like that. That definitely wasn't the reason we lost, but yeah. I would call it a, a fairly large contributing factor because I mean, I don't even remember. I think it was in the first half. Like a guy got clotheslined essentially. Um, and was it Brian? Was it Brian Wright? Got I think, I think it was Brian Wright. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, Oh, okay. no call and no card. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess we're just it's, playing no. Mad Max rules today. Yeah. Like, no. And, and the, so. here's it. Like, here's the thing that gets pointed out every time as if we don't already know it. It's that, yeah, Yes, we understand that as a development league, we're also developing our referee talent. Yeah. And obviously not everyone, you know, there's going to be a, a, a ranking of best ones and worst ones. And, you know, when you get a game with the worst one, then this, this type of stuff is going to happen. Every weekend we need 16 referees, four for each game, right? I understand that we don't have 16 top quality referees that are, you know, young developing Canadian refs. This In the future, the, it, it will get better. But I mean, yeah, the growing pains are like rough right now. Yeah, it's like say. it's teething. Honestly, it's really yeah. teething for the league. It just sucks because I would love to see them invest maybe more money, bring in maybe some foreign referees. Uh, I don't think help. that's such a bad idea. I don't think I mean, so either. Look, honestly, I think it's a great idea. Like, yeah. why would you not want some more experienced referees from elsewhere? You know, also come in and help the development. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not. What we I'm have. Not, yeah, not permanent fixtures. Like, I'm not talking about yeah. bringing someone in for like t- ten years. Yeah. But yeah, bring in a foreign referee, have them you know, be the head referee for a game or whatever. And the assistant referee is one of our referees, a Canadian referee. Um, and then that, that in it is in and of itself is a, is a doorway for them to develop as a referee and as an officiant in general. Um, but it was pretty clear that, you know, it was Scott Bowman, man. <laughs> like what a game, dude, I've, hang, I've, hang your head in shame. That's all I got to say about him. I read a really great description. What I think is a pretty apt description description of Scott Bowman earlier today. It's that he's like the perfect storm, awful mix of not being able to handle a big situation and also having an unfaltering ego. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then that's when you get what happened. Yeah. If you're listening, if you're listening, Scott, you should quit. <laughs> <laughs> Or just be better, I guess. I don't know. Or just be better. You know that too. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, I don't think I don't want to dwell on it too much. I just know our listeners out there. There was a lot of a lot of chatter about the refereeing, and they know we know it's something we got to address. Yeah, it's something we got to address. Other than that, I mean, when we talk about the game itself, 
possession was close. I mean, if you look at the stats, like we're talking 52, 48% for possession. Um, yeah. You know, was did that mean it was a close game? I mean, certainly not. Uh, Valor had 20 shots and nine on target, including six goals. So here's what, including, <laughs> including six goals. Yes. Yeah. So here's, why, yeah, okay. Why don't, why don't we, if we're talking about, you know, the overall game thoughts, you mm. know, we, we people will be like, oh, a lot of things you want to talk about is, you know, who outplayed who, regardless of the result, who really controlled the game, who controlled the pace, who dictated it, da, 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 da. If we look at the stats, th- this is this is why it's hard for me to, to understand what the fuck went wrong here. Because like a lot, a lot of the stats, other than the most important one, which is the amount of goals that you scored, mm-hmm. a lot of these stats are quite, you know, balanced. Yeah, on the, paper, it looks po- like a close, a close game. Possession <laughs> like if, if are you balanced. Didn't see the score. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Accurate passes are about the same. You don't really see that very often. Um, yeah. They were passing more in their own half. We were passing more in the opposition half. Yep. Um, accurate long balls. We had this exact same amount. We had one more tackles. Yep. You know, we had more blocks. We actually more won corners. more. We won more. We got more corners, which, you know, you know how much I love that one. We <laughs> won more duels. We had almost the same amount of successful dribbles, almost the same amount as aerial duels had more less, ground. Less duels. fouls. Like, yeah, it's it just it seems it seems like a pretty even matchup until until you look at 20 shots. Yeah. 20 shots and what? Nine on target. Yeah. So you're talking about almost 50 percent on the net. So let's talk about why such a seemingly even game allows this many shots on target. Is is this just a total defensive collapse? Is is yes. this is this them uh, you know finding their opportunities and just absolutely punishing us every I time we give well, them? Well, I don't think they've they necessarily found the opportunities. I think we gifted it to them on a mm. bunch of occasions. Um, I'm going to talk about it later on a little bit when we talk about disappointments, but defensively, we were a complete dumpster fire in the back yeah. four. Like, Why don't we go right into it? Let's go disappointments. Let's all right. Yeah, we might as well, because, you know, if we're talking about disappointments, Fuck. other than the fact that we got blown out. Yeah. Um, so let's start. For me, biggest disappointments, uh, Dicunia, which sucks, because, you know. It's a, <laughs> we it, were stoked. We were all, <laughs> everyone was stoked. To I see know. Zay Maria starting for the first time, I yeah. I think throwing him out in a two man midfield mm. against a t- a team that's you know on paper as good as Valor is, um, was a really fucking dumb decision. And yep. I think we're seeing we, we we saw the result of making making a decision like that. I don't think it was fair to him. Uh, I think it was pretty pretty friggin' unfair to him. Obviously, he looked out of place. Of course, yep. he would. It was there was too much weight on his shoulders. And obviously well, especially especially if you leave him out there with, you know, you've got starting him and Sasako. And I know we talked about it last week being like, man, it'd be really nice to see Sasako start a game. Yeah. And then it's like, but maybe don't start Dacuna and Sasako at in the, the same, same yeah, time. Exactly. Don't make both of those experiments <laughs> in the same game. Yeah. So it's just it's just a little sad because, you know, if we had McKendry or someone there with a little bit more and I love Aldi Bassett, but like maybe have McKendry and Dacuna if you're gonna if you're gonna start him to have that level of experience and that level of maturity yeah because again Dacuna's a young player uh, he was our first round draft pick and I, I think everybody was excited for him and then it was just mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of a fizzle <laughs> in this game no. he was basically invisible well I mean um, it's it, it, talk, talk about being unfair to the kid I mean if we look at their I don't know second third fourth goal whichever the one who the fuck knows anymore but the, yeah. the one off the corner Rocco Romeo off oh the corner, yes yeah yeah he, why is Dacuna marking like the tallest man on the pitch? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why are we? Why did we uh, send him? Send him into this? 
Yeah, we basically kind of kind of set him up. I think he was set up for failure, which is unfortunate yeah, because he is, is a very skilled player. Yeah. It's just there's no way he was going to be able to compete with no. with that kind of formation that we were. I'm running, looking so. forward from to more from him in you know a mm. better setting, one that's more appropriate to give him you know a, a proper introduction. Yeah, um, I'd like to I don't know bring him on in the second half for like the last 25 or 30 minutes, like maybe like that to me to work him yeah. into the plan. Yep. Um, but yeah, so a little bit of a disappointment there. Yeah. Um, Who else a big, disappointing? Oh boy. Sissako, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Sissako was an was, was a total was a total man. disappointment. Um, you know, when you put him in for someone like Neba, you got to make sure the rest of the team is is on board with the, you're bringing in an uh, an inexperienced player in our formation. Um, I love Neba because he's aggressive. He's not going to back down. He will cover you if you're running all around the 18 yard box. Mm-hmm. Sissako kind of looked a little bit lazy out there. I'm just going to yeah. call a spade a spade. He just yeah. He didn't. He he wasn't the caliber that we needed in in the back line. So that kind of well, sucked. He looked like a 32, 33 year old who's not quite match fit yet. And no, you know, exactly. I, I think that I think that's an accurate portrayal of him right now. Anyway, so yeah. And I, I I don't think he's a bad player. It's just you know it was pretty clear that he was completely out of his depth on Sunday. Yeah, it adds to the disappointment because I mean, like I talked this dude up like crazy, and I did it last on <laughs> yeah, the last were, podcast as well. I was yeah, like, you I was were a, like watching clips and like I was a dude's <laughs> biggest cheerleader, man. And then, yes, uh, you know, yep. you, you you live you live to fight another day. What? How? If we took, we can't just put all the blame on him either. I mean, I don't think I don't think Espejo had like a great friggin' game either. No, he didn't. I I think that you know if you were gonna make lists of of things that went right and things that went wrong, like you're talking maybe three things that went right all game and yeah. the rest is all bad. So yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to maybe I don't know, I guess we can talk about wh- where do you feel we were okay in, and I'm not gonna say phenomenal, but where do you think where do you think we were all right? Um, I, uh, for, for, for some reason, like, uh, um, I, I, I think Malcolm Shaw and, and Baloo Tabla still, you know, still had a nice connection on the right side, on that right flank. I feel like that was like the only pause other than, you know, the, the absolute banger that ended up being an own goal. Um, other than that, like, I think the, the Tabla Shaw connection on the right side was still nice. I mean, it, it's for, for a guy that, you know, you hear all these stories about how he has confidence issues and things like this. I mean, you know, six, one down and this dude and, and Baloo is still, you know, running rampant, trying things, you know, maybe he tries to take all too much on himself sometimes, but that's just the type of guy that he is, but he's still, you know, trying to pop it out to the wing and then cut in and, and try and receive a pass or just make something happen. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if we're talking about the standout players on the team, you know, congratulations, Baloo, you made it out of the doghouse from my disappointment list two weeks in a row, and you are now on the standout player list. Yeah. I loved watching him out there. Yeah. Uh, creative. What a creative guy. And watching yeah. him just absolutely undress Valor defenders yeah. like they were school children, and he was playing against them as a professional footballer. Like, yeah. Great, and I'm really glad, I'm really glad he's finally coming out of his shell a little bit. He mm-hmm. had some really great crosses, a couple shots, um, you know, towards the net. And his work with Malcolm Shaw was excellent. I agree yeah. with you. I think that Shaw was super aggressive, which was awesome to see. Um, had a few good headers and some and some good. Again, we talked about it last week. Shaw is a very uh, steady and and stalwart player. Mm-hmm. That you know, if if he gets the ball, he's keeping the ball. Like yeah. you're not going to push Malcolm Shaw off the ball. And to see him and Tabla do that little kind of back and forth on the right side has been a great. I want to nice. see more of that. Yeah. I think that was aside from. You know our boy Maxim Tissot. That was the other highlight of the yeah. of the game. Um, Maxim has been great since game one. So 
keep doing what you're doing. Max, we love you. Like, keep doing that. But, uh, yeah, Tabla and Shaw and Maxime were definitely my three standouts and uh, I, in, it, in it, an otherwise depressing Yeah, game. And, I mean, it, 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 it's still, even, you know, after that, there's still, it's still a little bit hopeful that you can look at a few things that have worked properly since the beginning of the season that you can continue, continue to build on it. It's not like we're scrapping the game plan every single game. No. Like, there are um, things that worked right that, you know, okay, we can build on this. And, I mean, with Tableau, like, as I, I know I said it last week as well, I would still like to see him start on the left. Like, obviously, his interchange with Malcolm Shaw on the right are great, but he does love cutting in. He loves sending the ball out, going in to receive a pass. I would like to see him doing that, cutting in on his good foot. Yeah. So that if he does have a shot, it's not from a wide angle because most of his shots are from a little wider because that's where he finds himself. Yeah. If he's cutting in from the left, I'd like to see him, you know, do some interchanges with with Tissot and then maybe find himself on his good foot in the middle of the park. Yeah, which would be, I think if you if you if you paired him up with Tissot, that would be pretty lethal and I would like to see it. Um, But, you know, Cargo, if you're listening. If you're going to make that change, please just limit the other changes after this <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay. Um, so how what how what's different between what happened yesterday and our first two games? Um, I mean, we talked about it in both podcasts, first week and second week. You know, we were untouchable defensively in those two games, and then it was as if someone pulled the rug out from under the team and they just utterly collapsed defensively this game. Um, You know, we're talking about shutting down Halifax. We're shutting down quality top-notch players like Morelli and those guys. And we were able to do that for the entire match. They got like one, two shots on net, I think, during that game. Um, And then to look at that and what happened on Sunday, like what? (laughs) I I don't even know what to say. Um, because it was just such a clear departure from what we're used to so far this season. Yeah. Um, was it a little bit of maybe forward thinking and experimentation in the part of cargo, or was it just the players weren't engaged in the game? Like I don't know, but whatever it is, it has to be fixed. Because yeah. watching that happen and like players, like you had you had guys on Valor just like cutting in, walking across the entire length of the eighteen yard box <laughs> and putting a shot top corner, and I'm like, where? The fuck are all the defenders? <laughs> that, like, that Brett Le- that Brett Levi's yeah. banger, like goal of the season contender. That was such a sweet goal. It was I know, awful to so watch nice. that going. <laughs> I mean, it's like that's hard because like we love football and it's awesome yeah. to see those like amazing plays. Yeah. But it's it's a bit crushing when it when it's against your team. Um, and you I know, felt well, bad. For, honestly, yeah. I felt bad for Nathan Ingham the whole game, um, just because you know he made some he made some great saves. Honestly, he made some really good saves during the game. But a lot of them were just you know there's not a whole lot you can do when your defenders don't bother engaging a player who has a has a boot or you know two guys coming in and absolutely destroying the one defender who's left back (laughs) and just rocketing one into the net so i'd like to talk about ingham just for a quick second Mm -hmm. um i know for you know obviously after game one for game two it was his spot to lose after game two for game three it was his spot to lose as much as we want to protect keepers and blame things on the defense i don't think you ship six goals and start the next week i think you know we were waiting no. for something something like this hopefully it wasn't i was hoping it wasn't gonna be this drastic but we were waiting for him to drop somewhat of a stinker to give melvin a run out and melvin starts next week and he's got to right yeah i i i don't know i don't know again i i because we talked about not maybe shifting things too much. I don't yeah. know where, where Carlos is going to make the changes. I mean, obviously changes have to happen, mm-hmm. but I don't know how drastic these changes are because he tried drastic changes this week and yeah. it blew up in his face. So 
But then, that's that's what's rough too is that we can call them drastic changes, but it was only two players. Yeah, but I mean, like, right? You look at it like we're we're putting two guys in, but you look at the maturity of the experience out there, yeah. like. You know, you, you don't have McKendry. You've got Acosta as the captain. And I'm not saying, like, Acosta is a, a phenomenal player, but I'm like, mm. maybe shouldn't be wearing the armband, in my opinion. Um, because, like, again, I don't know what his, what his influence on the other players was, where I feel like when Ben's out there, it's a very, like, relaxed game yeah. because he controls the pace. Um, and in this case, it really wasn't. I mean, Valor controlled the pace the whole game. Let's let's call a spade a spade yeah, here. That like, true. Yeah. They, well, that's, that's, a, that's the thing. I mean, they just absolutely owned us basically every single area of the park yeah and you, you hate to hear it and you know i i still love nathan ingham i still love the team i mean you can't not um but yeah there was there was a lot of mistakes made out there and, and i'm hoping that we can use this as a, as a learning moment for the team to develop and i i would love to see this taken as like a, okay we've hit rock bottom you, you know it's, i don't know call like oh, this is your like you've hit rock bottom and you gotta yeah. you know like now you gotta <laughs> <laughs> figure your shit out but like that's basically what we were after on Sunday like it was that's just the way it was yeah I mean what you know speaking of speaking of that I mean if why don't we look at, uh, at the at the you know cargo had a lot of words to say in the um the post game conference let's uh listen to a few of those yeah uh just simple what went wrong today everything everything went wrong I think we they did the perfect game and we did our worst game uh, there was a, a clear plan uh, of of how to maintain their their speed and how to maintain the the individuals, and we weren't capable to to attach keep attached to to that plan. I think that we we started to lose the game in the in the individuals because they started stronger than us. They started to win every duel, and uh, after this, I think that we didn't manage well the key moments of the game okay so that was something when asked about what went wrong he said everything <laughs> <laughs> i mean the man is speaking i think what we're all what we're all thinking yeah um yeah he basically said everything went wrong with the game and i, I think anyone with eyes could see that that happened yeah um however i have to give cargo a little bit of credit here because it's it's not often that you have a blowout like a 6-1 or whatever number mm. you want to use and you have the coach take responsibility for his role in it and basically say like, yeah, we fucked up and like, we're going to do better. Cause a lot of times you'll get the like, well, you know, they're a strong team and like we try to, yeah. you know, they, they, they almost try to weasel their way out of it occasionally. Yeah. Like if you watch pressers after, after a blowout and cargo basically was like, ah, yeah, I'll take that one on the chin. That was, that was me. I'm sorry. Like, and so to me that shows a little bit of maturity from him, which is nice. Um, it is refreshing because I mean, you yeah. know how we we went through like we went through the stats and, and how you know a lot of them were really even and you know like we we could bullshit and then say that that pointed <laughs> to a good but unlucky performance and he could have done that too. You see that a lot. You know, you protect the players. You're like, nah, thought they played well. Things just didn't go our way. But it's like, no, oh, we basically you... <laughs> shit the bit everywhere. Like, <laughs> are you, I was gonna say you saying that. I'm like, are you Mista? Because I, <laughs> I can only imagine what Mista would have said during that. Presser. After a six one, <laughs> Jesus Christ, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I loved I loved the guy, but yeah, no. He oh, yeah, for sure. He would have said, you know, we're working towards our identity. We're trying to play compact. Yeah, and, which is great, but, like, uh, don't lose 6-1, please. At home. <laughs> at home. In front at of, home, like, Patrick. Uh, in front of the dub, too. Like, uh Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I give Cargo credit where credit's due. I'm not going to say he put on a, a fair, a, a good 
you know, lesson in coaching on Saturday, Sunday, but <laughs> at least he owned it, owned his mistakes and they're looking forward and not dwelling on the fact that we got blown out. Yeah. I mean, I, it's someone as, as, as pragmatic as him. He definitely seems like the type that just, you know, went right home after that game and then, you know, busted out his computer and was like, okay, like, what did I do wrong? How yeah, can yeah. I do Self not make that same yeah. mistake? Like, I need to watch this again, like, see what the fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I think that that's really good. Um, that's definitely an area for improvement coaching yeah. wise, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's good to hear him say that. Honestly, I'm going to yep. say it. Other um, areas of improvement. I mean, like, what do you, what do you think? Like, do you think we would, we should just, jump back to our formation from the first two games like is it as simple as doing that or should we try something else but maybe not as drastic but still different yeah i think tinkering vice overhaul is what we need to do because if we do another like you never know when you you overhaul the team and like it doesn't seem like an overhaul you're right talking about two players doesn't seem like an overhaul but that can have a drastic effect especially in the defensive end because we saw it we saw how poorly the defense played yeah um you know guys weren't really jockeying dudes to the outside which i uh, you know, it's it's a pet peeve of mine when mm-hmm. defenders or or defensive midfields will kind of just like let someone play with the ball and do what they want with it and, and yeah. get the turn on them. Like, yeah. if you're gonna be on a guy who has the ball on the wing, you gotta push him out to the sidelines because mm-hmm. if you give him that turn and it happened over and over and over again on the game, yeah, uh, you know, it was like a broken record. It was like every time they would get the ball, they'd run it down the wing and then they would cut in across the 18, and everyone kind of just stood there and watched it happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, they had like, that Willie Akio ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Across the box, what you know, a beautiful like, cross that was! And I mean, you know, Nathan got his hand on it, I believe, and then you mm-hmm. know, but it wasn't enough. And but again, you know, that's that's what we're talking about. Is like Nathan yeah. got his hand on it, and there should have been a defender there to scoop that out. Yeah. And instead, they just all watched it, and then of course, it ended up in the back of the net. So, yeah, um, yeah challenge the challenge the ball a little bit better. Um, because if we don't, I mean, they're just going to control the game the whole time. And yeah. I'm not just talking about Valor; I'm talking about every team in the league. If yeah, you give them no, that time, exactly. they're yeah. going to take it. And so I want to see way fucking less of that. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, it's 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 funny when when I said that we got dominated in every part of the field. I mean, I I really meant it. Like we, our only plan of attack was to try and dump out the wings and then you know or dump out the right wing most of the time and then try and be creative from there. And you know they ran the middle of the park and they ran the wings. Yeah. So what do you have then? You know what I mean? Like we, we, we sit, we sit too low. Sometimes we have our pride, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as next week, I would love to see us run a more middle game. Yeah. You know, like agreed. this, like we said, if we're going to have two midfielders, it's gotta be, you know, McKendry and Bassett. And Bassett. You gotta, and you gotta, you gotta bring yeah. that back. Honestly. And if it's not going to be that, then we need three of them. We need yep. three of them in the middle. If we're not going to be playing one like that. Yeah. Right? Because I think that, you know, without those two handcuffed together, like you're going to need a little bit more in the middle. Both those guys, like we saw it in the the cavalry game where we just, we just dominated the midfield and we need more of that because even if you're playing poorly defensively, like we were in this game, if we could have just controlled the ball in the middle a little bit more, I think there would have been way less pressure on our defense, which maybe would have gotten them to, I don't know, get their heads out of their asses. But yeah, I mean, what can't like, I said this when we, when we signed Ali Bassett, he is, you know, deceptively very good at winning the ball back and uh, successfully completing tackles and both him and McKendry as, as far as where they sit in the league are elite tacklers, both in the middle of the park and in their third of the park that's what you need if you're going to only have two guys in the middle yeah you can't have a drop off otherwise you will get bullied around yeah and that that's exactly what we saw on sunday that's exactly what we saw yesterday so and then once that collapses 
defensively you're now on your back foot because you have no no control of the ball you're on you're on the back foot and it honestly doesn't matter really how good your defense is if they're able to just walk right up to it Mm -hmm. especially with the fucking speed that they have up top (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah honestly hats off like i don't want to like you know pump anyone's tires but hats off to valor it was i'm not i'm not excusing what we did like it was an excellent effort by valor i have to give them credit they worked well together the ball flowed nicely sorry sorry ato fans but like i don't care fuck it they played a great game i mean (laughs) cargo said he said that he said they played a perfect game and they did i think so too you don't score six goals away from home without playing a perfect game and they did yeah i think if we had gotten like week two cavalry we probably would have done better but whatever they did between week two and three was was good, and whatever we did was yeah, dog shit as far as I'm concerned. So. <laughs> Speaking of, why don't we get some more positive news from uh, from some of our friends? Let's do it. All right. Well, <laughs> welcome to the mailbag segment of ATO After the Whistle, where we take questions and topics exclusively from CCSG members. Exclusive. You see, you see what happens when you join CCSG. Mm-hmm. You get an extra segment of the podcast just for you. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> do you want uh, Do you want to answer the first one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. okay. If you want to pitch it to me, I'll pitch it to you. What? Okay, we touched on this a bit at the beginning, but this is you know another layer layer to it. What do you think the solution is to the notoriously poor officiating from CPL referees? I suppose we kind of went over that. A little um, bit. I mean, if I would say there's there's a three step process. I don't want to like turn this into like Alcoholics Anonymous, but, <laughs> but uh, so not while we're one, drinking beers, Patrick. No, exactly. Number one, we gotta we gotta put more funding towards officiating. I think that it's probably underfunded because it's very clear that the caliber of referees that we're bringing in are, is not up to stuff. So yep. that's, that's my number one. Number two, bring in some foreign talent on a, I'm going to call it on a trial or a temporary basis, bring them mm-hmm. in to help develop our referees, kind of like a train the trainer type scenario yeah. where they get to see what, <laughs> they get to see what a real referee looks yeah. like. And I think fans would love, will love to hear that. So like, we hear you, yeah. we hear you guys. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so bring that in. And then I think number three is just have, I would love to see some kind of maybe oversight towards refereeing. And I'm not talking about VAR because I think the league maybe is a little small for that at this point, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about after the games, we need someone from the league to look at that and be like, uh, maybe that referee didn't, you know, that call or series of calls in this case with Scott Bowman, like all game. Uh, was was terrible and when you say a, someone from the league do you mean like from from the league because it's Canada soccer that provides yeah. us the refs so like a yeah. different set of eyes yeah kind of the, kind yeah. of like a yeah like someone that's like arm's length a little bit um, yeah just okay to, just that says hey and stop sending yeah. us these shit refs exactly and I mean like <laughs> if you if you produce I'm sure if you produce a review document of the game and the, yeah. the refereeing of some yeah. kind Canada mm-hmm. soccer is going to listen because they're the ones providing the referees. Yeah. So this looks like, uh, you know, a little bit of a shit stain on them because they're not giving us the caliber of referees we need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're trying, I think we need to try more to, to bring in a little bit, a little bit higher quality and, and more experienced referees. Agreed. And also fire Scott Bowman. But. <laughs> and also fire Scott Bowman. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so a follow-up to that, I'll ask, and I'll answer this one as well. Mm. Um, someone asked, considering the atrocious refereeing at Sunday's match, what are your thoughts on bringing VAR into the CPL? I think it's premature the same way that you said. I don't think we have the infrastructure or the money to do it. I mean, one, one of our stadiums, we literally can't film more than eight feet off the ground because there's a fucking hydro pole. So I don't know <laughs> if we're ready for sophisticated um, camera setups. I don't know if we're ready. You know, if, if we can hardly staff 
competent referees to do every game over the weekend? Are we going to be able to staff a VAR room that's also looking at calls? Well, and if you look at staffing the VAR room, at this point, who are you staffing the VAR room with? Exactly. Referees from yeah. Soccer Canada. Yeah. So, you know, you're not gonna, you're not going to get a proper review until we fix the referee problem. Yeah. It's, so. it's, it's not the be all end all solution. I mean, you know, in 10 years when we've already gone through, you know, some development steps like you have uh, suggested to, you know, better develop our referees, then maybe we can get there. Obviously, it's not yet there. Yeah, it's a it's a pipe dream. It will happen eventually. It's just I think at this point, it's a little bit premature with yeah. with who we have staffing the officiate teams. Yeah. Here's one that you might know more than me. Does the Glebe Central Pub have good food? The official <laughs> pub of the Capital City Supporters Group. Does it have good food? Tell us about the food. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to shout out my boy Blair, the owner of the Glebe Central Pub. Uh, GCP came on as our, uh, you know, that's what the cool kids call it. Yeah. Uh, they came on as our official pub for CCSG this year. And absolutely incredible staff. Uh, they, they've accommodated us for all the Canada games, for the watch parties, um, all the CCSG away games. Our first ones this Friday. Pretty stoked about it. I think it's going to be good. Um, I'll actually That's, be up in Montreal watching it with you. Hell yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll plug that. This Friday, yeah. 7.30 p.m., we are away at York United. Come to GCP for the fantastic food. Yes, and <laughs> I guess to answer that question, the food there is incredible. Um, I've never had a bad meal there, and yeah. sometimes when you have a pub, there's some stinker meals on the menu, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so far everything I've ordered is, is great. Yep. Yeah, order the I've, wings. The wings there are excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I have eaten at GCP once. And it was a BLT sandwich, and I was hung over as shit, and it was fantastic. <laughs> the type of breakfast that you have with a beer while watching yeah. the game as well is the only way I'm getting through this one. <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a more serious question, are we worried about under 21 minutes? I think we have to be at this point. I mean, if you look at the stats, we have 91 minutes. We have 91. Um, most other teams are are 200 plus in some yeah. cases. Um, some of them are in the 300s. So, yeah, I think that we've got a little bit of an issue where we're going to have to mm -hmm. start playing those players more often. Yeah. Um, which sucks for us because we have depth. But again, you know, rules are rules, and we have to play enough of our under 21 talent to. Yeah. To we we've got nine. We've got 91, and I believe the uh, the pace. You know, if you were going to play the same amount every game to reach the 2,000 for the season, is 78 a game. Yeah. So we are you yeah. know, just over one game's worth. We didn't see we didn't see Bahus in the lineup anywhere. Nope. Yesterday, yeah. which is you know upsetting. I don't know if he was injured or what all that was about. Um, it's we got him and and Dacuna and um, uh, Zachary Roy. Those yeah, well. are those are our three under 21s. Well, and and, and Agua came out uh, like seventy six minutes um, for Tabla. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think I think a lot has to happen. It's tough because we're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place here. Yeah, we don't want to change the lineup too much, mm -hmm. in my opinion. <laughs> I'm yeah. not a coach, but in my opinion, we yeah. don't want to change the lineup too much. But there comes a time where we're going to have to start doing it. And I don't want to like just be playing all under 21 players and getting dunked on by yeah. other teams just to, just to rack up minutes. Right. Yeah. No one wants that. Um, so we just need to find a way to like blend them into the team. I think a little bit more often. Yeah. We do still have roster space open. That's another thing that we don't really yep. mention a lot. We have what, two spaces left open still. I think, uh, yeah. At least yeah, two. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's two. So, you know, this is a thing that we can address that way as well. I, I guess also at the core of the question, are we worried about under 21 minutes? No, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried that we're going to reach it because we have to reach it. We're, so yeah, we're going to reach yeah, it one no, way or the other. <laughs> there's no option. Right? Like, am, am, I worried, am I worried about um, what that might entail? Yes. 
<laughs> I think everyone, I think everyone is worried about that. Uh, so, yeah. you know, again, I'm going to leave it in, car- you know, in cargo we trust. I'm going to leave it in his capable in hands. I'm just, I'm just hoping said. that yeah, it is. Said. <laughs> uh, I'm just hoping that that becomes, you know, something that we focus on a little bit more. Cause I don't want, like, like you said, I don't want to get down to the wire and be like, all right, we're only playing under 21 players. Yeah, three exactly. Games in a row. Like, exactly. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> Because either it doesn't matter because we're already in last or we're jockeying for a playoff position and then we're going to risk it by having to do that. So, yeah, this this question, I don't know if I feel like answering this one. What do you, what do you think the biggest issue for Ottawa was during the first half of the game? I think we already kind of like uh, getting scored on, <laughs> getting scored on four times. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that was the biggest issue. I mean, we talked about some of the, the defensive issues that Ottawa has. Yeah. If we're going to keep that as a question, like. It was pretty clear what was wrong. If you look yeah. at the halftime report, you're like, oh boy. We got Every, dunked on by a everyone. little fucking gnome named Alessandro Rigi twice. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, Cargo <laughs> put it best. What was what went wrong? Yeah, everything. Everything went wrong. So. Yeah, fuck. Okay. Anyways, um, this is a good one. Why did we change the lineup specifically at the back when things were fine? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> when things were fine. Uh,. <laughs> I don't think things were fine for 90 minutes of that game. No, uh, so, yeah, no, sorry. I mean, for the first, for, I think when the first two games were fine, why did oh. we change, you know, why did we make the changes that we just <laughs> talked about? I was like, well, they had to make the changes because yeah. they were playing like bad <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, um, I don't, I, again, I, I just think that this was largely, uh, we've seen it in all three games, Cargo making minor changes. This was a more drastic change. Yeah. Um, he wanted to bring on Sasako. He wanted to bring on um, Dacunia. He wanted to bring on guys in the back to 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 develop, I think, a little bit more. We yeah. didn't play our, our normal back four, yeah. and it cost us. And that's not to say that any of those players are particularly awful. I mean, they're playing professional-level football, but... Uh, man, you, 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 when you watch that, I'm like, oh man, like it's yeah. pretty clear that there was a mistake made in the back. Um, I get I the feeling that I don't like, think he did it on purpose. I don't think he yeah. did it on purpose. Well, I think it just the, the, that's how it shook out. The so. thing is, is I feel like I get the feeling like we dunked on some like fourth tier Spanish team with this lineup, and then we were like comfortable with pulling it out for game three. Yeah, and we're like, let's it. do it. <laughs> yeah, we've done it. We've had Suzuko play center back. We've had Dacuna play a DM. Why don't we send him out to start? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, again, I think we saw the result of that. It's yeah. one thing to be playing these teams in a friendly in Spain, and it's another thing to be playing teams that are actually competing for the yeah. playoffs, right? So Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I f- here, here's a pretty good one. I feel that we've been compact for three. Uh, I feel that we've been very compact in three games, and in the first two we faced compact opponents, uh, opponents which is true. Um, yep. You know, they both like to play down the middle. Do we have a solution for teams that are good down the wings, like Valor? And if so, what is it? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> have Becky back so that we yeah. have some good outside center back. Have Becky yeah. and Neba start as outside center backs again? I would, honestly, you're, you're, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir at this yeah. point. Um, I think that's the I, I mean, Becky should... Again, I'm not going to talk about the issue that happened, but, you know, the card that shall not be named. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's the Voldemort of red cards. Um, But, yeah, I think that that we need Becky back. I think we need McKendry and Bassett in the middle. Mm. Um, We need guys to push it out to the wings on our side because, again, when you have a weak weak wing backs mm-hmm. you're constantly going to play into the middle and that's what happened with Valor because they were able to play so wide and we were so compact yeah. that as soon as they shifted from a wide to a cross and and had a strike on net like 
it was like we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Like the players just all stood around. They're like, oh, well, well I guess good, good luck, Nathan. Like, <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, look, look at what one of, you know, our left sided center back when we, when we would have a back three is, you know, his first start of the season. Yep. And our, our, our uh, right back slash right sided center back is Miguel Acosta, who, you know, yep. his previous game was probably the first time he played center back. You know, not, not ever. I don't know, but you know, it was something we weren't expecting him to have to do. So and, and and for the record, Miguel, your last game was excellent. Like against Halifax, it's this stellar, game stellar, <laughs> stellar. But yeah, no, it, it's it, it's the changes. It, the, the, yeah. the changes. I think they, I think yeah. I think it sunk it sunk us, and I think yeah. everybody in the stands knew it. The coach, I'm pretty sure, knows it now <laughs> in no. his post game interview, yeah. uh, and the players all knew it too. So, yep. I mean, why don't we have a last joke one? What glaring <laughs> fuck up will Bowman make next time he referees an Ottawa game? <laughs> Uh, get another red card. I think he's going to give Thomas a red card for calling him a wanker or something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I laughed at this about uh, about uh, this this specific case in the CCSG check because you know I, I bring my daughter to the game. She's six, and I'm I'm still waiting for the phone call from her mom asking me why her daughter's saying something. Someone's a wanker, um, and I was like, you know, I kind of want to take her side and be like, no, 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 just the referees. It's just the referees. Just the, the refs. Um, not your but, not your teacher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but honestly, I think that Bowman. Oh, he's so bad. I don't uh, even want to talk about it. Him hurts, anymore. It hurts my brain to talk yeah. about th- this guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, there will be fuck ups. I think from him constantly. I just hope that at some point the league catches on and Canada soccer catches on and maybe it's like, mm, maybe you need to go back to the minors for a yeah. bit and like there's, develop. There's been too many you know egregious calls in the past two seasons alone. So moving on, you know, we talked about chanting. We talked about yelling at the man. Let's talk about yep. the people that yell at him. Let's talk about the dub. Like I said, from TV, it was loud all game. Yeah, uh, as you can tell, I mean, if you haven't picked up on my voice yet, I still haven't <laughs> quite got it back because it's we're talking less. You know, we're almost a little over 24 hours since since the game. Yeah, um, we were loud all game. Honestly, yep. the, the dub always brings it. And it's one of the things I love about CCSG and our membership is the passion that we show for the team, regardless of the score. Like it's it's tough enough to, to cheer for a team for 90 minutes straight. Mm. Like with the volume that we cheer, like it, it drowns out the announcers on the TV. Like you can hear almost every word of every chant. Yeah. Um, but to be down six one and still bring that heat yeah. and still pu- pull, you know, push the love of the team. You know, yeah, you guys are sucking, but like we still love you. And like you know, <laughs> come over and you know see us at the end of the game. Like I think that that shows the heart of the of the supporters group. Yeah. Um. In, in the in the dub. And I think everybody there had a good time. Like I brought a bunch of random like friends and stuff that mm-hmm. had never been. A couple of them had never been to a football match before. Yeah. And even at the end, they were like, "Well, it's tough to see you guys lose." I'm like, "Oh, you know, it happens." But they're like, "But we had an amazing time in the dub because of the atmosphere and like the fun that people seem to be having." So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like you hear some takes being like, "Okay, well, you know, you shouldn't be cheering your club on when they're performing so poorly." I mean, like that makes sense if you're like fucking Real Madrid or something, where you have mm-hmm. these mega high expectations that are not being met and you feel disrespected like this is you know second real year of this team you know in in a city that's lost teams before because of people <laughs> not coming to games anymore i mean yeah yeah maybe the song maybe the songs will be a little different as the game goes on and they'll be more um encouraging and you know trying to pump up and get back into the game and get a result rather than just straight praise but i mean to say you shouldn't be singing because you're losing that's bullshit 
Yeah, agreed. Um, one, and if you one say that, you're percent. an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we saw, it, we saw it, honestly. Like, if you've been on the Discord or you've been on Twitter at all after the after the, the game, you had fans coming out of the woodwork from every team in the CPL, I think, to, to try and shit on us for getting blown out. And, yeah. you know... I mean, we do it. it. We're we're a vocal fan base. Fan base. We kind of do it to ourselves, which is but we can handle it. So well, that's just it. You talked about it. You know, you said you you said you can't hurt us. You know, and really they can't. We live in Ottawa. We thrive on hate. So like, bring it. You know, and and we'll 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 take it on board. This Um, is Whoville, baby. Yeah, basically this is Whoville. Um, In case anyone hasn't understood the reference, definitely check out the CCSG uh, Twitter account because there was a real dank meme about us. Some emotions (laughs) resulted in a pretty apt. Dank meme. It was very dank. So definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. It's hilarious. Um, and I think that the, the 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 cherry on top of the dub, just bringing it all game, was Maxime Tiso. After the game, the, the players came over. They kind of gave us the the traditional like thanks. You guys Which is rock. good because there was games last season when they did not do that. Exactly. But after they were gone, Maxime came over. And he personally thanked us all like by himself. Came mm-hmm. over and, th- and shook hands with the with the MBOs and like. You know, obviously we had a bunch of sweet Maxime Tiso chants because we love that guy, but it was just really nice to see him appreciate what we brought to the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we love you, Max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think it's nice to see you know the, the so much of the team come over as as well and do it. You know, I don't want to obviously we want to single out Max, but I, I want to yeah. shout out to for this everyone game else specifically. Yeah. The, yeah. The team for has been sure. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But I also after a result like that, you know, I want to shout out you know, everyone in the team that came and did the same thing. Because, yeah. You know that can't be easy. You know, after a result like that, you probably just want to fucking crawl in a hole, or go back in the dressing room, and and just you know hide. Yeah, and to, and to it, come I, out and like you know <laughs> show thanks for the people that were supporting the whole way is just you know it's it's all that you can it's, ask it's for. Class, it's class. Exactly, it's class it's act. Classic, and I think yeah. and I and I like I love to see it. Uh, and I'm hoping that they got something from our energy mm-hmm. after 90 minutes of getting blown out six one. You know, obviously they're disappointed, and then they came over and we were still just blasting the ridiculous chance that we have in the dub. So yeah. No, you can't. Uh, you can't lose if if you if you you keep supporting through thick and thin. So mm-hmm. next next match, we're not at home this time. Friday nope. night, York United, seven thirty p.m. What do you what do you how are you feeling about this? Uh, good, honestly. And, yeah? and as weird as it is to say about, about losing six one, I think based on everything I've seen, the interview with, with Cargo, mm-hmm. um, the even the even the subs that they made. I mean, I would have loved to see some of those subs come on way way earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dakuni and Sasaka needed to get the fuck off the field in the first half. As far I, as I'm that, concerned, that, that well, that should that should have been the ha- uh, both of them should have been halftime subs. Yeah, e- easy one. or before. Uh, but but yeah, and, <laughs> or before. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, when you see that, I, I think that the, the luster has worn off, uh, as much as, as much, as bad as it is to say, we were riding pretty high off two wins. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, we lost six, one, <laughs> a six, one, like wipes that luster right off. Well, well it, it, I mean, it, it, you say that, but it doesn't cause like, we're still number two in the table and like, uh-huh. and guess who are ahead of Valor who just beat us six, one. So, <laughs> so I mean, if you're below us, like, you know, don't talk, but, um, but yeah, I, th- I think now. that, uh, yeah, for now. <laughs> uh, but I think that we're going to see uh, a lot of, uh, I think we're seeing a reversion a little bit in, mm. in how we run the game on yeah. Friday. Um, York's are particularly, I'm going to call them weak team. Hmm. Uh, so I think you're going to see cargo do some experimentation, but maybe just like, don't go ham cargo. If you're listening hmm. again, like don't go too crazy. Maybe have, you know, maybe Dacunia come on in the second half if we're doing well. Um, but that's, that's all situation specific. So 
I think we're going to win. I think I think we're going to pull out a win. I don't I don't think it's going to be as one sided as I think Ottawa fans are hoping it's going to be because mm-hmm. you know we are playing York and we have a friendly rivalry. We'll say. Um, with them, and we would love to blow them out six one. That would be great, but I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to see that happen. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. No. Um, well, yeah, you know, we are we, we are keep away it together. It's <laughs> our fr- it's our first away game, and I don't mm-hmm. think that you know I don't think that can be understated. Like this this group has not yet played in another uh, team stadium, even though you know playing at York you might as well be playing in an empty field anyway. So yeah, and I mean like again, we're not this isn't Anfield. We're not we're not <laughs> we're not the twelfth man, <laughs> but I do think that the, that the dub and the CCSG supporters that are all throughout the crowd in section W have an effect on the team in that if they get scored on, you know, we're not being like, oh, well, you know, that sucks. I guess we'll just be quiet. Like a chant starts immediately after we get scored on yep. and they try and silence us, you know, a lot of like the shh motion uh, from the other team, but like you can't silence us in the dub. And can't I think that, that that does have an effect on on the the players because if, if you were a player out there and you heard, you know, four or 500 people all chanting their hearts out about how great you are even when you're losing like that's that's a factor yep. and york doesn't know what that's like because they you're right they don't have any fans and they play in a high school soccer field in the middle of nowhere so. if you want to be <laughs> in a better stadium than that one if you want to buy tickets if you want to be in the dub enter the code ccsg special promo price for discounted tickets in the dub ccsg membership is also super well worth it we got you know we're all really funny and handsome and pretty <laughs> and, uh, you know, really nice. And We like, are, yeah. <laughs> you get onto our secret Discord uh, channel, you know, that's pretty bumping. Um, you get to have awesome merch designs on our website as well. You get to contribute to the mailbag, you get to which contribute to the only mailbag. CCSG members have that pr- that distinct privilege, I'll call it. Um, but Capital yeah, and City, I'll, SG, yeah. at yeah. everywhere, Twitter, Instagram. Go yep. T- tell yep. me about tell me about some of the merch. What's your what's your favorite merch like that's out right well, now? Well, I just put in uh, I just put in and please don't tell my fiance. Uh, I just put in a huge order for a bunch of merch. She'll probably nice. listen to this and you know give me a a dirty look tomorrow uh, after the podcast because she listens to it on the way to work yeah. on Tuesdays. But um, but yeah, definitely go and check out the merch. I love what Dan Duff has done for the the merch that we have on our website like other supporters groups have merch we have the dopest merch on the internet it's very dope um i like that lo- the long sleeve kind of black and gold ccsg mm, logos dope. yeah that's my favorite. um yeah for sure uh the, the you know the megaphone ones are fun mm-hmm. there's tons of stuff for kids too which is kind of neat like i bought a shirt for my daughter yeah like that is yet, super but, cool but it's cool because i you know now i can get her to support ccsg as well so definitely check out the kit shop if you are a member of ccsg or you want to become a member of ccsg or you just want to look fresh as fuck yep. while you're walking around in ottawa you know get on that merch site yep free to join you know where to find us capital city sg at all of the places um we got obviously we got this after the whistle we also got um uh every day before the games we have the pre-match hot stuff we didn't have one this time around and you know what looking back maybe that was for the best because i don't uh <laughs> you know some of the stuff that we might have said on that would definitely have come back to bite us in the ass today oh yeah for sure <laughs> like but hey you you know, I, if you're you not willing I, to look like an, if you're not willing to look like an idiot then what's the point of all this yeah anyway? yeah you, you and i have had our fair share of uh of, of eating our own words and i think this week it's probably gonna didn't happen because there would be a lot more on the plate for both of us i think <laughs> Well, you know, we're not going to miss it this time. Thursday night, the hot stove with Eddie Bennon. Tune in. You know, if you're a York United fan, tune in as well. Like, we love that shit. Yeah. Eddie, love Eddie so, loves that shit. And and bring your, bring your if you're a York City fan, bring your best, you know, banter. Because, I mean, right now, it's pretty, it's pretty low quality. So, 
That's it for us on After the Whistle. I am Johnny MacArthur. I've been joined by Patrick Dornan. Enjoy your Tuesday morning commute if you're listening to this. Hopefully you feel a little better than you did on Sunday evening. <laughs>